Paleo Runner podcast is devoted to finding better ways to live, run, train, and eat. I'm your host, Aaron Olson. You can find more information by going to paleorunner.org. If you enjoy the show, please go to iTunes and leave a review. Search for Paleo Runner in iTunes and click ratings and reviews. You can also follow me on facebook.com slash runpaleo or on Twitter at runpaleo. I wanted to take a minute to let you know about a product I've been using called 3Fuel. 3Fuel is a sports drink that gives you fat, protein, and carbohydrates to use as a fuel source. Unlike sugary sports drinks, 3Fuel gets absorbed slowly into your bloodstream to give you sustained energy throughout your workout. If you'd like to give it a try, you can get 10% off by using the coupon code 3FOLSON. Go to paleorunner.org and click 3Fuel at the top of the page. If you're listening through the podcast app on iPhone, click the link displayed on the app right now. My guest today is Stephen Wright. Stephen runs a website called scdlifestyle.com, which is devoted to helping people naturally heal their gut and get relief from symptoms of Crohn's, colitis, and IBS. Steve, it's great to have you on the show today. Thanks so much for taking the time to be with me. Aaron, thanks so much for reaching out. I'm excited to chat today. So, Steve, tell me a little bit about your background. How did you get started with SCD? That's a, yeah, we could talk about that probably for an hour. So I'll, I'll keep it to a Cliff Notes uh, version. But basically, Jordan Reisner is kind of like my partner in crime. He's the guy that I run SCD Lifestyle with. Uh, we met in college. We were good friends. He has celiac disease and uh, he did not get better on the gluten-free diet. In fact, he got worse. And, and all the doctors just kept saying that there was nothing they could do. It was, it was all his fault. So he found the specific carbohydrate diet, the SCD diet, through a natural practitioner. And he went on it. His diarrhea of like three or four years stopped within seven days. And, you know, he starts telling me all these things. And so at that time, I was doing a pretty stressful consulting gig, uh, doing a lot of flying, you know, happy hour style culture. And I was having really bad uh, alternating constipation, diarrhea, IBS stuff with lots of gas and bloating. And um, it just reached to a point where it was affecting my work. It was affecting my brain. And so he, I kind of reached out to him one night where I was just just broken, you know, kind of on the toilet all night. And he's like, man, you've got to switch your diet. you got to try this. And so um, I, I, you know, hemmed and hawed about this, you know, changing over, cooking all my foods. I thought this was just like a big thing. I didn't know how to cook. And uh, finally took the plunge uh, January 1st, 2010. And seriously, within like four days, my all day long gas and bloating was gone. My my bowel habits were really um, regulated pretty fastly after that. And then, you know, since then, it's been three years or, or three or four years now of really kind of unlocking new levels of health. I think that typically people uh, don't know how sick they are. Like we, we humans are just amazing at getting along and, and being at a certain level of health. And then when you start to unlock these new levels of health, um, I'm just the type of person that I'm like, Ooh, I want more. Like what else is possible? And so, uh, you know, since then I've been working through things with, you know, parasite infections and adrenal fatigue and, and brain chemistry and all types of things. And, and every time you go up that next level, um, you know, I've just unlocked even new potential of energy and well-being and things like that. So, but it all starts with food. You know, I, I really feel that the paleo SCD, uh, real food movement is the base of the pyramid and, you know, you have have to build your house on a solid foundation. So if you don't have the food component in in place, you know everything else will crumble at some point. Mm-hmm. So were your symptoms ever as bad as Jordan's? I mean, I, I I've heard your story before, and I think Jordan was like almost on the brink of like almost dying, right? And he turned his health around as well within a few weeks. Yeah, yeah, he was um he was writing out his will. I mean, he was very emancipated. Uh, he was really uh at, in a bad place, and so um you know it stopped the the specific 
specific carbohydrate diet uh, is really a great tool for anyone with digestive issues. And it really started to turn around and stop his digestive symptoms within the first week. And he just, you know, went step by step after that. It's taken him, again, several years to really get extremely healthy as well. I was never that uh, low, I guess you could say, health-wise. Um, I was more like just every time I ate, I would have awful bloating and cramping and gas. And then a few times a week, I would just be like, have like diarrhea a few times, uh, you know, all day, or I might be constipated for a few days here or there. Just kind of all de- dependent on what I was eating and what my stress levels were. But the always constant was like burping, gas, and bloating. And it was just like, it was affecting my ability. Sometimes it would be so painful. I mean, I feel like almost everyone has had at least one instance of this in their life where the, the gas is so bad that you can't even think. It's like the pain um, wiring in your brain is just going off like a Christmas tree and you can't think about anything else except for how bad the pain is in your stomach and that would happen to me for about an hour after every meal I ate and mm. so when that's happening you know you can't enjoy a date you can't you can't go to a client meeting and help someone and then be productive after that because you're so stuck in this realm of, of pain in your body so um, I was lucky that I didn't get that bad however I had reached a breaking point in my own life where it was affecting me so much that I was like you know what I'm willing to do whatever it takes to get rid of this because I can't endure another you know 60 years or 80 years of this in my life mm-hmm so the the diet is called SCD, and that stands for Specific Carbohydrate Diet. What does that mean? What What's the basis for it? Yeah, so the Specific Carbohydrate Diet started with a guy, Dr. Sidney Haas, back in the early 1910s, 1920s. He was looking for ways to treat celiacs, and um, he started experimenting with carbohydrate malabsorption. And then uh, he passed away in the in the 50s, and then Elaine Goschel kind of picked it up. She was a biochemist who had a daughter with ulcerative colitis, and uh, her daughter wasn't responding to traditional methods. So they found Dr. Haas. Dr. Haas put her on specific carbohydrate diet, and Elaine has really popularized it with her book, Breaking the Vicious Cycle. And in that book, she really kind of details the diet and breaks it down much more clear than what Dr. Haas did. And uh, basically, it's it's the idea that in the brush or in the small intestine, there's a brush border, which is I, I'm sure a lot of people have heard of this before, but it looks like shag carpet. You have all these look little, little hairs that are villi, and these hairs uh, split carbohydrate molecules that are long into shorter absorption. So it, it they split polysaccharides down to monosaccharides in order to digest them. And so whenever there's inflammation or damage from like for instance celiac disease is when the shag carpet is like run down into Berber carpet, like it's gone. That's the diagnosis of celiac disease. So um, if you lose those hairs, those villi, you're not going to be able to absorb carbohydrates as well. And so what they kind of figured out through trial and error and what was known back then in the literature was that they needed to only, or they needed for people who had digestive concerns to only allow them to eat carbohydrates that were already basically pre-broken down. In other words, they were monosaccharides only. So the specific carbohydrate diet is based around removing polysaccharides and disaccharides saccharides. That way, any intestinal injury that's happening will, uh, you know, eating a diet that that uh, doesn't have those in it, you'll be able to absorb those carbohydrates, which you weren't absorbing before. And also what happens is when you can't absorb the poly and the disaccharides, so those long molecules, they end up sitting around in your gut and they begin to ferment and they encourage bacterial overgrowth and yeast overgrowth, which just kind of completes this really awful cycle of illness where when those things overgrow in the small intestine, when they're not supposed to be there, they increase inflammation and leaky gut and just the cycle sort of continues to repeat itself. Mm. So you mentioned a lot of things there about how it sounds like carbohydrates, they don't get broken down well and then they travel down through the gut where they can be
be fermented by bacteria in lower parts of the gut and cause cramping and distress. Is that the basic idea? Or yeah, um, a little bit. It's actually mm -hmm. that the carbohydrates, because they're not being absorbed right away in the small intestine, um, they'll encourage bacterial growth right away in the small intestine. Oh. And our small intestines have a very small amount, or they should have a very small amount of microorganism growth. And so when the carbohydrates get malabsorbed, they encourage big population growth in the small intestine. And instead, there should be big populations in the colon only. Okay. Okay. So shouldn't someone might be listening to this and thinking, you know, shouldn't you guys have gone to see a doctor? Why are you trying this natural approach? What What is it about? Uh, did you ever see a doctor? And what is it about the natural SCD approach that you liked? Yeah. I mean, I, I got diagnosed with IBS like six different times, told to eat more grains and, and take Metamucil and fiber, maybe try some some pharmaceutical drugs. But basically, I was told that this is this is what I, the hand I was dealt genetically, and I was just going to have these issues for the rest of my life. Um, and I just chose not to accept that. And in my opinion, that was unacceptable answer. I knew that there had to be somebody else out there who had solved this issue. Somebody else. I mean, there's like 7 billion people on this planet. Somebody else had must have figured this out before. And I'm not about to live for 100 years or something with this issue. So um, that's when started, you know, talking with more holistic functional medicine style people. People. And, you know, the specific carbohydrate diet also restricts grains because of their carbohydrate issue. Um, it's big differences between paleo are that it allows fermented dairy that doesn't have any lactose in it. Um, and then it also allows some uh, soaked and properly prepared legumes. So kind of like Weston A. Price. So it's sort of a, a hybrid between Weston A. Price and the paleo diet. However, uh, our version SCD Lifestyles take on it and what we've been trying to carry the torch after Elaine Goshall passed away in the 2000s is that we really reserve those legumes for when you're, you're symptom free. And so, I mean, I think anybody knows that when you go paleo, you, you feel a lot better. And so, again, like I said, I think it starts with real food and the results speak for themselves. What I mean, the downside of not eating some foods is uh, nothing. I mean, what's what's the side effects of, of not eating something? I, I don't see it. Mm -hmm. You mentioned it was kind of ironic that you went to see the doctor and he recommended things like more fiber and healthy whole grains, which were probably just the opposite of what your gut needed. Uh, it's kind of funny how that works. It's, it was probably making you worse. Yeah, yeah. I think, um, you know, for a while, Metamucil helped cover up the issue and, and allowed to have a little more regularity with my stools, but it didn't fix any of the bloating, cramping, and obviously adding more grains did, did nothing to help um, mm -hmm. the situation. And, and I, you know, I think of doctors like uh, school teachers. I, I really, my heart goes out to school teachers in America and also doctors in America because school teachers, a lot of people um, look at them and just, I feel for them because they're stuck in a system where most of them that I know really want to impart some awesome knowledge and change lives to the kids that they teach, but they're stuck teaching a curriculum that's handed down to them from some government people who decided that's exactly what every single kid should learn. And this is the environment that every single kid should sit in. And they get fed this, this substandard meals and they don't have any money to go out and buy the supplies to help the, the kid that might have special needs or the kid who's might be excelling. And so they have all these limitations, you know, their books are 10 years old. And I think the doctors, you could look at, in my opinion, you look at doctors, they're in the same situation. They get handed a curriculum from the insurance companies that they must follow or the only source uh, of knowledge 
that that's free to them is typically given by pharmaceutical companies, and they're stuck in this system where they have to have certain diagnosis codes so people will, uh, you know, get the the treatments that are available. And, uh, you know, they don't really get any nutrition training. And mm. so I really, my heart goes out to doctors and teachers. I, I think they're really stuck in a system. And these are people who typically go into these fields looking to make a difference and help people. And um, I, I don't really fault them. I just think that the system in itself uh, is kind of faulty. It's, it's broken. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you mentioned a minute ago that uh, you were dealing with terrible gas and cramping. You know, when I went on a paleo style diet, I found that I almost had no gas anymore. What? How much, how much gas is normal and uh will the scd get rid of gas um you know that's a really interesting question and uh i'm not sure there's a a a true answer to that because when you modify your diet you're you're modifying the substrate in which gas could be produced from and so with every bite of food we are choosing which microorganisms are growing in our guts and so when we choose certain foods like uh starches or grains or something polysaccharides we're choosing to feed populations of microorganisms that have more byproducts of gas. When you reduce that substrate, you have less available, you know, basically food to make gas from. So I, I don't necessarily know that there's an answer for how much gas is normal for a paleo person versus a, a SCD versus a, you know, the standard diet person. Um, but I would say that in general, for myself, what I've noticed and from the people that I talk to who've really uh, done their homework on getting their health in line is that um, if they do have a little bit of gas from day to day, it's it's not smelly, you know, it's easy to pass. It's not hurting their stomach, those types of things. I know that, you know, I went from having gas 24 hours a day, very stinky, very painful to, uh, as long as I keep my stress levels low and, uh, you know, I'm eating paleo SCD. Um, I basically hardly have any gas. And when I do, it definitely doesn't smell and, Mm -hmm. uh, it's not ruining my life or anything. Nice. So what is it about processed foods and grains that people, people might think, well, you know, it's super healthy. Why, why wouldn't I eat this? Is there like an evolutionary perspective similar to paleo with the specific carbohydrate diet or what it was it originally that made them think hey let's get rid of these carbs or the the grains i guess yeah, that's a great question. Um, the grains were thrown out. Again, SCD was really uh, a diet by way of trial and error back then because we didn't know about the wheat issues and the ancestry issues until the last 20 or 30 years, um, maybe 40 years if you want to go back that far. Um, and the the origins, like I said, of SCD were like 1910, 1920. And uh, what grains have going against them is that they're really big sources of polysaccharides. And so they just found that SCD has really been a, a diet a diet of trial and error for people with digestive issues. And they just knew that when they gave people more grains, they had more issues. And so over time, the diet kind of evolved with that. And so also with the the carbohydrate issue, they got thrown out. Mm -hmm. But I I think when you throw in, you know, what we know now about the protein structures of grains, what we know now about the individual variants of, of your ability to digest them and modern lifestyle, if you want to throw all that stuff in there, I think it's just an overwhelming truck. Like if you put everything on a scale, one side of that scale is sitting on the ground. The other side's you know, way up in the air. And the side way up in the air says, hey, don't eat these things, dummy. Mm-hmm. How long does it take for someone to find relief after trying the SCD diet? I think most people begin to notice changes in their symptomology in the first two weeks. And uh, there are, just like a, there's a gradient
gradient of responses to paleo, there's a gradient of responses to SCD. And there's a large majority of people that are going to see benefits right away, but it's there's always like a bell, bell curve of, of reactions. You know, some people might be healed in a week. At least that's how they feel. There's going to be a large group in the middle that's going to see some relief and it's going to be um, awesome. It's the best that they've had in a while and it's just going to keep getting better and better. And there's also going to be a group at the end, uh, the long tail, that that's not necessarily going to see massive results in the first week or two. And these are typically people who need to make additional modifications, such as if they're actually doing SCD with dairy, they need to pull dairy out, or maybe they have an egg uh, allergy, they need to pull egg out. Maybe they are so digestively broken that they need a supplement like digestive enzymes. That's very common. Um, and so if those people don't know about those little tweaks that they could make, they might write off SCD as not working. When in the reality was is they were only one or two changes away from feeling pretty amazing. Mm. So are there some tweaks that you've found in your diet that have helped you? Yeah. So in the beginning, um, I totally needed digestive enzymes. And then I, I really needed uh, betaine HCL. I have low stomach acid. And so what I was noticing is when I went to this diet where I was eating meat a lot more and eggs a lot more as I was burping all the time after meals and still had a little bit of gas, the stools weren't awesome type number fours in the Bristol stool chart. And so once I added in digestive enzymes and betaine HCL, my digestion went up to a whole new level. Um, since then, I, I've kind of done away with enzymes because my own body has responded in a way that I don't need them anymore. However, I do still use uh, HCL. And I think for a lot of people, they're, they're suffering from, from both of those issues as well. So you use HCL. Is that something you take before you eat meat or how does that work? Um, I actually take it after I'm done with a meal. Um, it's betaine HCL, so hydrochloric acid. Basically, you're, you're supplementing to raise up your hydrochloric acid in your in your stomach, and so. You want to have proper uh, stomach acid because pH is the governor for the rest of the digestive system. So it, when the pH rises to certain levels, um, that's when when the pH gets down to like a two or a three, that's when the stomach dumps into the small intestine and then um, bile salts and, and other things come into the to the, the bolus of food at that point in the small intestine to raise the pH. And as it, it goes along the small intestine, the pH changes until it's ready to get dumped into the colon or into the large intestine, excuse me. And so if you have have the pH wrong from the beginning, you're really kind of setting yourself up to, to not have good digestion. You're shooting yourself in the foot. It's kind of like if you don't chew your food properly, you're, you're shooting your whole digestion in the foot right from step one. Mm -hmm. And so um, when you have a protein-rich meal, you're gonna it's going to be more of a need for higher acid levels to start to break down that protein. And so I needed more of the HCL for, for high-protein meals. Now, if I have some fruit or something like that, I don't take any HCL. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, you know, a lot of people listening to this are um, endurance athletes and they're interested in a paleo style diet to heal their digestive issues and it sounds like the SCD they could that could really be helpful for them if they're dealing with some of these things I know for myself um, as an endurance athlete I was always told I had to have a high carb diet eat lots of whole grains and I would always have stomach issues the next day for a race or something and finally I started learning more about the paleo diet and then I learned a little bit about the SCD diet and really it, it, it helped uh, heal my digestion. Um, what, what Have you worked with any athletes who have had success uh, trying this diet? I mean, some people might think that you're basically just cutting out all carbohydrates. Is that true? Uh, tell me about some of the foods that you can eat. Yeah, no, you're definitely not cutting out all carbohydrates. I mean, the big difference between paleo and SCD is that you're getting rid of starch as well. So starch is not allowed on SCD because it's a polysaccharide and needs to be further broken down in the small intestine. So that's a big change. And, uh, you know, 
foods that you can eat. You can eat all the meats you want, uh, pretty much all vegetables, all fruits, um, nuts. Again, you can eat like fermented dairy on SCD and, and fermented cheese, those types of things. Um, so it's super close to the paleo diet. Mm-hmm. And uh, yes, worked with lots of athletes, endurance athletes, for instance, who, you know, we, we have like a pro cyclist who who just emailed me the other day. I think he's going to put up a, a post on our, on our blog some point at sclifestyle.com. Uh, just detailing his journey because a lot of athletes, endurance athletes anyways, have been sold a bill of goods for the last 20 years that they need carbs and they need lots of carbs. And um, the truth is, is that while there is a variance to how many carbs you need just based on your genotype and just kind of how you are and where your health's at, the majority of people would be doing better with a higher fat, lower carb style of eating, which you can easily do with SCD. And SCD doesn't throw out all carbs. It totally allows actually glucose and fructose, but not fructose as in, you know, soda pop, but things, there's actually fructose in, in fruits and that kind of thing. So, I mean, you still have carbohydrates in your diet when you're eating SCD. It's just monosaccharides and there's no limit to how many you could have. Um, but in general, if you were thinking about tolerances of carbohydrates, I would say that most people eating SCD are under 200 grams of carbohydrates per day. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, somewhere between 100 and 200, I would say, is probably the average SCD ers diet for mm-hmm. carbohydrates. So you mentioned there that it's a slightly higher fat diet or that fat is okay. Um, are you telling people that they have to clog their arteries to try this diet? I'm just kidding, Steve. What 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 is people's uh, response when you say you know it's you can start including some higher fat to fuel your your energy levels? Yeah, no, you're bringing up a, a really common fear. It's kind of like that the bill of goods that was sold to endurance endurance athletes that they needed to eat pasta before every race. So you know the general public has been sold this bill of goods that they eat fat, they're going to get you know clogged arteries and die of a heart attack. And and recent research, including the Harvard Medical School, had put out a paper. I think uh, a year ago, or at least nine months ago now, that said there is no link between dietary fat intake and heart disease. Like it's just there's nothing there. Every we were wrong. Everybody else is wrong. Forget about that. So um, I think that you know there's plenty of books out there like the Great Cholesterol Con. If people are really interested in that, they should go read these books. Like get educated on this topic. But yes, I'm saying fats are good for you, and there are specific fats that are much better than others. Um, I don't consider margarine a fat. Margarine and, and those type of oils are plastic. So I'm not talking about those when I'm talking about fat I'm talking about animal fats not um you know industrial seed oils definitely are not good either those are like cottonseed oils and rapeseed oils and canola oil those types of things those are not considered healthy in my book either but eat all the coconut oil and animal protein or animal fats excuse me that you want to eat including olive oil because that's really i mean if you're going for a nutrient rich diet you're getting nine calories per gram of fat versus four cal or four calories for a gram of protein or for carbohydrate so when it comes to just bang for the buck, fat's the better choice. Yeah, yeah, I found that too in my running is that um, I, I initially had avoided fats or, or in, my, in my earlier years because I thought it was going to cause GI distress or something like that. That's what all the articles were saying is, is due to a uh, high carb diet. But actually, uh, fats have been fine on my digestion. What has your experience with digestibility of fats been with working with your clients? It's a great question. And and this is where this whole human element of the, the long scale and, and how many reactions there could be to, to every type of food. And so there are people who do react to fats. It's called fat malabsorption. And they literally just do not have the digestive capabil- capability in their current health to digest fats properly. So if they eat um, you know, a bunch of uh, coconut oil or MCT oil, they might run to the bathroom right away and have diarrhea. Or that might happen uh, a couple times to them every time they eat a meal that's higher in fat, like an 
avocado or something for a snack. And so those people are definitely definitely someone who needs digestive enzymes. That's what's really going to help them with their fat malabsorption. And then over time, as they actually heal up their gut, they'll do just fine with fat. I mean, think about it. Every single one of our cells has fat molecules attached to it. All of our hormones, um, you know, cholesterol based. So uh, you know, we need fat molecules just to make up our cell walls. We need cholesterol in our diet to have proper hormones. So uh, for those who can't digest fat, uh, I would say go to digestive enzymes and then, you know, find a qualified practitioner or somebody who can maybe do some extra digestive testing to figure out why your digestive system is not able to handle these fats. Mm Mm-hmm. Stephen, you mentioned in the beginning that after you went on this diet and you started healing your gut, that you started noticing a lot of other benefits that uh, that you were trying that you were getting into. Can you can you mention some of those other things that you noticed as you your health started to you started regaining your health? Yeah, so I mean, better sleep, uh, my skin. I have I've had acne for like my entire life, and nothing took it away. Um, you know, you know, I did everything except for Accutane, and um, you know, my skin has just gotten steadily better. I lost weight. Uh, and energy through the roof compared to what it was. And um, another big thing for me was just uh, mental stability. Uh, when I, as I got sicker and sicker, it didn't start right away. But as the as somebody loses their digestive ability, sooner or later the brain seems to go too because of the gut brain access. And uh, you know, latest research and theories are kind of that uh, if you have unchecked inflammation and damage in the gut, you'll have that same uh, unchecked inflammation and damage in the brain. And so, you know, depression now is being thought of as an inflammatory disorder in, in a new theory that's gaining a lot of traction. And so that's kind of why a lot of the uh, anti-depression drugs don't ever seem to cure anybody and that they seem to stop working over time for a lot of these people. Um, It's because it's probably not an issue with, it it could be an issue with dopamine and serotonin, but that's not the number one issue. And so those drugs just kind of buy some time um, and don't actually address the root cause, which is inflammation. So I I suffered from some pretty bad depressive states before I got my health, starting to turn my health around, as well as anxiety came on. Like when I I got the sickest, right before I made the switch, um, I, I had started having a few panic attacks and I didn't even know what that was like I until you have one of those I don't think you can ex- fully explain it to someone where you just just cannot move cannot breathe just and it was just like when I was just walking to work I mean I've done these things like a million times and it just came out of nowhere hmm. so um, you know I don't have those issues anymore and I'm not saying that overnight uh, that stuff just changes like a light bulb but it does go away as you go to another level of health and it starts with food hmm. um, Steve do you mind running the listeners through you know they're probably interested in what you eat on a typical day do you mind uh, sharing a a bit about your daily menu? Yeah, sure. Um, So if I'm eating breakfast, I'll have like, you know, like six whole eggs and a bunch of sauerkraut on top. And so I always like to get some fermented food in there just to keep the probiotics high in my diet and eggs, you know, awesome source uh, of nutrients. So that's, that would be a typical meal if I have breakfast. If I don't have breakfast, uh, sometimes I'll do like the bulletproof coffee method where I'll put in some grass fed butter, MCT oil in my coffee and kind of wait till noon before I have uh, some food or something. Um, at lunch, it's typically this, I typically, you know, so I'm a single guy. I I'm not, unless I'm cooking for, you know, someone in my life, I I'm eating, I'm the only one eating the food. So I cook in big bulk batches and I eat the same thing for lunch and dinner. So I'll typically have leftovers from the dinner before at lunch. And 
that could be like salmon and veggies or uh, like flank steak and, uh, you know, maybe some some vegetables as well. Uh, just because of my lifestyle right now, sometimes I can't necessarily always get access to the best quality food. So I do buy a lot of frozen like organic veggies and just kind of cook those instead of trying to get everything fresh because I'm just in an area right now that doesn't have awesome access to, to really good vegetable products. Um, and you know, I'll typically have a little bit of fruit lying around the house, uh, just whatever's in season that I can find around here at the farmer's market. And, uh, you know, so basically most of my meals, lunch and dinner are like a protein source, whether it's, whether it's grass fed meat or, you know, not grass fed if I can't find it or can't get access to it, but wild caught seafood, um, pasture raised chicken, pork, that type of thing, and then a vegetable or two. And, um, you know, if you're following SCD, you wouldn't do this, but every once in a while I'll add in some starch, like some white potato or sweet potato. Okay. You know, you mentioned sauerkraut there. Is that, can you, can you just use any kind of sauerkraut at the grocery store or is this something that you have to ferment yourself? No. Yeah. You have to, uh, well, well, excuse me. Yes. You can ferment it yourself, but you can buy it in the store. And, uh, so when you buy it in the store, there's two types of sauerkraut. There's a kind that's fr- that's fresh and it's, um, refrigerated and the kind that's not, it's often, often on the shelves. And if you look at the two, the, if you look at the labels, what you'll find is the shelf stable stuff has vinegar in it and it actually wasn't fermented. So don't want that stuff. Um, but you can find pretty much anywhere in the country these days, you can find uh, actually fermented sauerkraut in the fridge section, the refrigerated section of, of your local health food store. So just check the label, make sure there's no uh, vinegar on the back and you should be good to go. Okay. Another thing that uh, I've seen promoted on your website is something called SCD yogurt. What is that? So SCD yogurt is um, a way to consume dairy and probiotics. I mean, yogurt, it's going to be pretty high in fat and protein and low in carbs. So it's a great source of, of calories as well as probiotics. And uh, SCD yogurt is different from commercial yogurt, everything that you buy in the store, because you make it at home and you ferment it for 24 hours. And so when you ferment it that long, the bacteria actually eat up all the lactose. And lactose um, can cause people issues from both a lactose reactionary process Problem, but also because it's a disaccharide. And so again, SCD doesn't allow the consumption of disaccharide. So when you ferment uh, dairy products for 24 hours, the lactose is basically gone. You're left with this um, really high fat, high protein yogurt that's filled with a ton of probiotics. And uh, I think that's a really healthy option. Obviously, I would totally encourage the consumption of these dairy products from pasture raised cows that are humanely raised, uh, not just going and buying the cheapest gallon of milk at your store, because I don't necessarily feel like that milk is the proper milk to go ahead and make your yogurt from. Mm-hmm. And is that a hard process to do or is it something that, that uh, anyone can do at home? No, it's actually really easy. I mean, the hardest thing is that uh, typically you need like a yogurt maker. And so you just got to buy one of those. I think they're like 40 bucks or so. And uh, it's really pretty easy. You just kind of heat up the milk and then uh, put in the yogurt starter, put it in your um, put it in your yogurt maker and set a timer and you're pretty much ready to go, you know, 24 hours later. So it's not, uh, it's not a super hard hard process. It's just, it's just like a lot of food, a lot of things in real food eating where you have to plan for it and just do it. Awesome. Well, Steve, it's been great talking with you today. Thanks so much for sharing with us. And I hope if there's listeners out there that are dealing with gut issues that they can check out your site. Um, where's the best place to get more information about SCD Lifestyle? The best place is on the blog there at uh, scdlifestyle.com. Uh, I think we have over 280 articles now over the past uh, three and a half years for free. So there's a ton of help there. We also have uh, like a free intro guide that you can, it's a chapter from our ebook about the specific carbohydrate diet and how to implement it um, as fast and easy as possible and also kind of addresses some of the issues that people have with tweaking it and customizing it. 
And so you can get that for free at the at the website. And then if anyone's already been on like Paleo and they're still having issues or they tried SCD and they, they're still having some issues from endurance, they're not recovering. Um, Jordan and I do uh, one-on-one health consulting and uh, we're trained in functional medicine. Um, you know, we're definitely not doctors and we're just doing consulting, but we do work with a lot of people that uh, have ongoing gut issues, even though they've switched their food over and don't see results. So that's, you know, joining our consulting would be the next best step for those people. Awesome. Well, Steve, thanks again. It was great talking with you today. Yeah. Thanks so much for the opportunity, Aaron. You've been listening to another episode of Paleo Runner Podcast. For more information, go to paleorunner.org. Thanks for listening.